You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. Welcome. It is so wonderful to see everyone's face here smiling at me. Hey, what a beautiful sight. I mean, I've been loving our house church gatherings, but gosh, this is good too, isn't it? And um, just welcome, very warm welcome if you're one of our regular faces or if you're one of our new faces here today. We're so glad you are here. So we hope that you're blessed and encouraged by your time uh, with us today and and make sure after the service you don't run off. We're we're not actually having a cuppa today, but we still want to have a chat with you, okay? So don't run off off when this is done and um, we'll just spend a little bit of time together. Steve, thanks. If you'd like to read to us from Matthew chapter 22. So if you have a look at your little sheets there, the one that has yellow, so glad you are here. There's the scripture printed on that, so you can follow along. So Matthew 22, 1 to 14. Jesus also told them other parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited. But they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, The feast has been prepared. The bulls and the fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went on their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messages and insulted them and even killed them. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I have invited aren't worthy of the honour. Now, go out to the streets' corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone that they could find, good and bad alike. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, He noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Thank you, Steve. Has anyone here ever been invited to a meal or a dinner party at someone's house and you, you didn't go? Anyone ever not gone? <laughs> Look, early on in our marriage, I, I think it was either before kids or maybe Simeon was just like little, uh, we were invited to a, a, um, a couple's house for dinner and we didn't know them very well. So this was the first introductory, hey, do you want to come to our house for a meal? And we're like, yeah, sure. Forgot all about it. We didn't go. And that was kind of before the days of text messaging and stuff like that. So it wasn't until the next time I happened to bump into this, this girl and she said, you didn't come to dinner. And I went, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. And she said, we had everything laid out ready for you. I had bought prawns and everything, she said. I felt terrible. 
And, uh, you know, Melissa, if you happen to be listening on this live stream, I am so sorry we did not come to dinner. Um, I hope she's forgiven me. Jesus tells this parable to, uh, it's a story, okay, it's a story that, that is telling us truth about something. He tells this story to Jews who, um, uh, to explain what the coming of the kingdom of God looks like. Because it's not what they think. It's not what they think. And in this parable, Jesus answers the big question, who really are God's people? And uh, it's not who they think, it is. Jesus also tells this parable to us today. And I wonder whether you ever wonder or have ideas about, well, what does the kingdom of God look like? What, what is it all about? What does it mean? Maybe it's not what you think. And maybe you sometimes ask, well, how do I enter God's kingdom? And maybe the way you enter God's kingdom isn't quite what you think. I just invite all of us, whether we've been a Christian for many, many years or whether this is all something really new, I invite all of us to just approach this with a really open heart and an open mind because I think God really has something to say to all of us this afternoon through this. This parable is told to people who think they are in God's kingdom, but they aren't. It's told to people who want to come to God on their own terms, not God's. Let me run through the key points for you. We've got a king in the story, haven't we? So we've got a king and his son is getting married. And previously at some point, they've sent out the save the date, date cards. You know, those little cards you send out and you say, look, there's going to be a wedding, save the date. So people know that this wedding is happening. And then the servants are sent out to tell them that the time has come. It's time to come to the wedding feast. And what happens? They refuse to come, don't they? The guests refuse to come. I mean, it's unthinkable, isn't it? It's unthinkable. I mean, even at a normal wedding, it's unthinkable. But how much more unthinkable is that at a royal wedding? Uh, one of the more recent royal weddings that was held, there was one key person who decided at the last minute they weren't going to come to this royal wedding and it caused last minute chaos. Do you remember Meghan and, and Harry? And at the last minute, Meghan's dad refused to come to the wedding. All sorts of chaos that ensued. Uh, this little sort of sending out um, invitations to come uh, to a banquet reminds me pretty much of every night when I cook dinner. And um, I tell them to come for dinner. Dinner's ready. And they ignore me. Yeah, they ignore me. In this story, the king then responds by sending out more servants again, doesn't he? And so the servants go out again, they say, come on, it's, it's time for the wedding, the food's ready, the, the beef and the oxen, they're on the spit roast, the room's decorated, the tables are set, the cake is there, ready to go. It's a bit like me when I cook dinner and, and they refuse the first invitation and, and so instead of just calling out from the kitchen, I actually go into their rooms, come on, the food is ready. Um... You know, I'm more insistent the second time round. Come on, 
It's time, you need to come. Verse five, but they didn't take any notice. One went off to his computer and the other to his book. Probably that should read, one went off to the field and one went off to his business. But you you get the idea, don't you? What's a king to do? What's a king to do? Understandably, he's a little bit cranky, isn't he? As you would be if you're the king and your subjects are refusing your request to come to your son's banquet. Um, And it's quite an honour to be invited to the uh, royal banquet, isn't it? And, um, and so the king is angry. More so than that, the king's finding that, that his loyal servants who've been sent out are getting killed and abused. What's a king to do? Of course, there's consequences, isn't there? There's consequences when you dishonor the king. And so the army is sent out and the murderers are destroyed and their city is burnt. What a strange little detail that is in this story. I mean, one moment you've got a wedding banquet being prepared and the next minute you've got the army out on a rampage burning down a city. It's a really strange story, isn't it? This is actually a a prophetic parable. It's a a prophecy parable. And and it's it's a symbolic story where some characters in this story are used as analogies for real life people. And and some of this this parable is pointing to some events that were to happen in the future. So Jesus is actually uh, predicting or prophesying that certain things are going to happen in the future. And and so today we're gonna unpack this story a bit and and look at how how it applied to them there. But more importantly, we're gonna look at how it actually applies to us today in the year 2020. You know, the Word of God is not just this old, static thing. It is an alive Word. It is an active Word. And right here this afternoon, the Word of God is going out. And the Word of God will be speaking to you. It will be dropping thoughts into your mind. It will be dropping feelings into your heart. And that is the living Word of God at work this afternoon. So be open, be perceptive, be prepared to have Jesus speak to you this afternoon through His Word. So in this parable that Jesus is talking to the Jews, but He's especially talking to the Jewish religious leaders. And in, the, in this story, the first invited guests, they symbolize these Jewish people. You know, since the times of Abraham, you know, a few thousand years prior, these Jewish people, they've enjoyed a special relationship with God. They are his special chosen people, his special chosen nation, and, 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 they, and, and he is their God. And so their special status means that they're kind of like the first invited guests to the banquet. They're the first invited guests into God's kingdom. And this is symbolized in this story by the invitation to come and dine at the king's banquet. But here what Jesus is predicting is that many of these Jewish people, especially the Jewish leaders and teachers, they're not gonna come to the party They will refuse and worse than that, worse than that, when the king sends his servants, the prophets and apostles and those that that tell the Jewish people that the time has come, that the kingdom of God is here, they will actually kill and abuse those prophets and apostles and messengers. 
And of course, that is exactly what happened. Verse seven, the king was so angry, he sent his soldiers to destroy those murderers and to burn down their city. And again, in this parable, Jesus also predicts the destruction and the burning of the Jewish city of Jerusalem and the temple. And, and, and that actually happened. That's a historical fact. You can look it up. It's in AD 70, the Jewish city was destroyed and burnt down by the Roman general Titus. And right here in this little parable, Jesus points to that future truth. It's a parable prophecy. Jesus is telling a story that gives us insight and truth about the kingdom of God and what it was, was like and how people will respond to the coming of the kingdom. And you know what? It's as applicable here today as it was then. And here's why. Here's why. The Jews assumed, the Jews thought that they were in the kingdom of God because of their heritage. You know, they were descendants of Abraham. They're Jewish and they think that, that their heritage is what makes them right with God. And the Jews think that they're, they're in the kingdom of God because of their religious practices. You know, they're circumcised. They, they do their ritual cleansing. They have their food rules, their, their sacrifices. They know their scriptures. They worship at the temple. They keep their religious festivals. They think, that's what gets me into the kingdom of God. The Jews also thought and assumed they were in because of their piety, their morality. They were rule keepers. They were good people, upright people. They kept the Torah. Well, they kept the, the Jewish scriptures. You know, this parable speaks not only to Jewish people, but to anyone who thinks they're in God's kingdom because of things like their heritage. Do you ever hear people say, well, well I'm from a Christian family. I'm in, I, I'm in with God or, or I'm Catholic or I'm Anglican or, or whatever it might be. This parable speaks to us who, who think that we're in the kingdom of God because of our religious practices. I've been christened or I've been baptised or I've got my kids christened or baptised. You know, my kids go to a Christian school or we say grace as a family or, or we go to church together. This parable speaks to us when we, we think that we're in God's kingdom because of our morality or our piety. You know, I'm a good person. How many times have you, you heard people categorising who's in or out of the kingdom of God based on being a good person? or a bad person. You hear it all the time, don't you? There's a TV show uh, called The Good Place. Has anyone seen that one? It was on ABC and I think it's on Netflix. The Good Place. It's a comedy. It's all about life after death. It's all about ethics and morality and, and about how you get into the good place by being good and how you go to the, the bad place by being bad. And, and that's the common perception out there in society, isn't it? That, that you're in God's kingdom because of your morality or because of your, your family heritage or because of the, the, your religious practices. You know, what Jesus is telling us in this parable is that your, your heritage, your religious practices, your piety, piety means nothing. It means nothing if you don't first respond to the personal invitation of the king when he says, come, 
when we refuse the king, there are consequences. Verse eight says that the wedding is ready, but the guests didn't deserve it. The invited guests don't respond because you know what? They wanna come to the king on their own terms, in their own timing, in their own way. And anyone who thinks they can come to God their own way, in the way that suits them, when it suits them, Jesus says, they're not worthy of my kingdom. What this really means, what Jesus is really saying is, you know what, they're not gonna fit in because they don't actually wanna be there, do they? They have other priorities. They, They don't deserve to be there because the king's banquet is not the greatest honor and the biggest priority in their lives. The king's banquet is is second and subsequent to their own plans and their own agendas. Do you ever hear people um, ask, how could a good loving God send people to hell? Have you ever heard that? Maybe maybe you've even wondered that. Maybe that's a question for you. You How could a good God send uh, people to hell if he loves them? I actually think this parable really clearly answers that. God doesn't so much send them to hell as they choose to go, don't they? I mean, if they don't wanna be in his kingdom, if they refuse to come when they're invited, then what's a good loving God to do? Force them to come? Make them be there when they don't wanna be there? In the year 2020, there is so much competing for our attention, isn't there? There are so many things that can get in the way of us responding to God's invitation to come. And you know, they're usually quite legitimate things, aren't they? I mean, there's there's important things that we've got to get done in our life, isn't there? But you know, if they are more important than your king's personal invitation to come and dine with him, then your priorities, they're, they're all wrong. When your king says, come, why would you not drop everything and respond to his personal invitation? You know, what Jesus is telling us is that if you are too busy with your own agendas and your own your business or your work or the own, your stuff that you gotta do to respond when the king of the heavens and the earth says, come, then you don't deserve to be in his kingdom and at his table because clearly you don't want to be there. When our daily work and our daily distractions and our daily Instagram feed is more central in our lives than the call of the king, then we don't really wanna be in the kingdom, do we? This parable, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to salvation. We are invited to the wedding of his son, Jesus Christ. You know, the relationship between God and his people, it's likened to a a marriage. Do you know there's an ultimate love relationship that we are all built for? There's an intimacy that we're all designed to enjoy, to engage with. And that love, relationship and intimacy, it finds its fulfillment in God, our creator. 
And this was made possible by the coming of his son, Jesus, as a human being, Jesus, the son of the king. And he walked amongst us and he lived here on earth. Revelation 3.20 says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. You are invited to the table of the Lord of heaven and earth to share a meal with him as friends. Wow. You get to share in friendship with God for eternity. You can find all the fulfillment of love and intimacy that you need at the table of God. And you will get to live forever with God, enjoying him and celebrating his goodness and his love and his beauty and his majesty. I tell you what, that's how I wanna spend my eternity. Is that how you wanna spend your eternity? God is knocking on your door this afternoon and he's asking you to come. Will you come? Will you come? So this parable is an invitation to salvation, but it's also an invitation to fellowship. To fellowship together with God right now. As God's people, each week we gather, don't we? We gather to celebrate. We gather to dine together with God. There's a weekly banquet that we, God's people, the church, are invited to. There's a weekly gathering of of God's people around the Word to be taught, to be discipled, around communion, to worship, to celebrate, to encourage each other's faith and life and testimony, to pray for one another. But you know, there are so many people, there are so many people who say, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm a follower of God, but no, I'm not coming to the banquet. I'm not gonna come and dine with God's family. I'm not coming to fellowship as part of the church. I'll do it my own way. You know, I don't need church, I've got a Bible. I've got a book of devotional readings. I pray, I'll I'll do it on my own. You know, you you can't celebrate the Christian life on your own. It just does not work that way. I mean, whoever heard of celebrating a wedding on your own? Except in the year 2020. (laughs) And And then that's not such a strange thing, is it? But you're supposed to celebrate with family, aren't you? You're supposed to celebrate with family. When, when, um, you know, when people think that they can do this on their own, they sound a lot like the invited guests in this parable. They refuse to come and celebrate with the bridegroom and the other invited guests. They don't take any notice of God's invitation. They're not, they're not impressed. You know, they're preoccupied with their business, and their family. They're preoccupied with their leisure and their recreation and their sport. They're preoccupied with their possessions and their entertainment and their holidays and their work. 
They think, I've got better things to do than to go to church and join the weekly celebration of the son, Jesus, to his bride, the church. And I think, like, how could you find something more important to do each week than this? I mean, you must know something I don't know. If you've found something of greater significance and importance than what we are all doing right here, right now. Jesus is at the center of it all. And we all need to live like he is at the center. This parable is an invitation to salvation, but it's also an invitation to fellowship. Perhaps you think, you know, I want to respond to God's invitation, but I can't. Like, I'm, I'm not the right sort of person. Like, why, why would God invite someone like me? You know, I find, I find life difficult or I have problems or I don't think I belong here in this whole church scene. You know, I don't belong at the king's table, you think. You think, you know what, there's stuff I've done. My life's not great and, and maybe you're living under a burden of condemnation or illness, or addiction, or, you know, you just feel like you're kind of on the fringes of it all. You feel like you're not worthy. You don't need someone else to say, you're not worthy and don't deserve to be here, because you think that inside already. Let's look at the rest of the parable. Matthew 22, verse 8 to 10. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but the guests didn't deserve it. So go to the roads leading out of the town and invite everyone you find to the wedding. The slaves went off to the streets and rounded up everyone they found, bad and good alike. And the wedding was filled with party goers. You know, you could easily gloss over just a really beautiful little detail in this story. And it's a really significant little detail. It says there, you know, the king sends them to, to go to the roads leading out of town. In the original Greek, you know, obviously the, the Bible was, in the New Testament was originally written in Greek. And so if you've got that original Greek word that was right there, it, it kind of literally means go to the ends of the roads. Like go to where the roads stop. Go to where there aren't even any roads. You know, in New Testament times, the Romans, one thing they were really good at was building roads. And they built this very impressive network of roads across the land. And before they did that, it was just kind of like dirt tracks and areas where robbers and bandits could hide. Um, but where the roads were they, were, they were policed by the Roman soldiers and they were used by the Roman soldiers. So the roads were sturdy and safe and it made travel faster and safer and it connected all of the significant cities and towns. But in isolated areas away from the roads, travellers would face danger and, from robbers and wild animals such as bears and wolves and, you know, nasty things. What sort of people... What sort of people would you find living in places where there were no roads? Like who, who would you find living at the ends of the roads? Would they be the rich and important and talented people? 
mean, who thinks rich and important, talented people live where there are no roads? No. You'd find the criminals, the, the robbers, the, the poor. You'd find the outcasts of society. You'd find the people who didn't matter and were not significant in the Roman world. You would find the down and out, not the up and coming. The king sends out invitations to those people, the bad as well as the good. And what happens? They come. They come. The bad, they're invited and they come. The good, they're invited and they come because you know what? They don't have other priorities. They don't have more significant things to do. They have nothing and they value this invitation from the king above anything else. You know what this tells me? This tells me that the invitation into God's kingdom has nothing to do with your goodness, nothing to do with your morality. It has nothing to do with your standing in society. It has nothing to do with your heritage or your culture or your religious or your spiritual observances. Both the good and the bad are invited in. You and I, we are invited in. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, good or bad, you are invited. You know, there is no condition, no sickness or sin that can keep you out of the kingdom of God. He came to free you from that condition. He came to free you from that sickness and free you from that sin so that you can enter. Do you know, there's only one thing that these guests need to be at the king's banquet. And this one thing makes everyone equal. Whether you're from the ends of the roads or the center of the city, this one thing makes all the guests the same and means that all of them are acceptable to dine at the palace. Do you know what this one thing is? Verse 11, let's have a look. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Everyone needs to be dressed in suitable clothes for a wedding, don't they? You know, it's not just the wedding party and the family. You all need to be, all the guests need to be dressed for a wedding. I mean, you're not gonna rock up to a royal wedding in your hard yakka blues, are you? Or your gardening gear. And the king in this story, he, he enters into the banquet and he sees that someone is not dressed appropriately. They haven't changed out of, out of their work gear, out of their street clothes. And the king's shocked. You know, someone would, would think so, so little of this invitation that they didn't even change their clothes. I mean, what a dishonor to the king and, and to his son. You know, like the first invited guest in this story who refused to come, this guest here, he thinks that he can come to the king's banquet on his own terms, in his own unique, special way. 
Like the first guest, the king says, you know what? If you think you can come in your own way, you don't deserve to be here. And you are treating this invitation with contempt and disregard. You know, there is only one way you come to a wedding and it is dressed in the right clothes. And the guest has nothing to say. There is no legitimate argument or excuse or reason he can give for not being adequately dressed. Presumably, they were all supplied with the appropriate clothing by the king because he's not going to invite them without making a way for them to get there and for them to enter in dressed appropriately, is he? And what happens to this man? Well, he's bound and he's thrown out. And he's thrown outside into the darkness where there is great misery and great regret. The man wasn't given a second chance to change his clothes. He was thrown out and not accepted back in. You know, just because anyone can come doesn't mean anything goes. Perhaps you can already see the parallel to salvation. We're all invited good, bad, but none of our lives stack up when it comes to God's kingdom. Our lives truly are like filthy rags and work clothes by comparison to God's goodness and majesty and beauty. And on our own, we just fall so short of the dress code, don't we? Of course, that's because of the the sinful broken, corrupted world that that we are part of. Truth and justice and holiness, they're part of life in God's kingdom and our lives need to be clothed in this for us to be able to dine at God's table. And so God makes a way for us and he provides what we need to enter into his kingdom and that way is Jesus And those clothes are the the clothes of righteousness and goodness that comes from the goodness of Christ Jesus. Revelation 19, seven to nine. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come. And the lamb of course is Jesus. And his bride has made himself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. The righteousness we need to enter God's kingdom is given to us. Romans 13, 14 says, to clothe yourselves with, with who? The Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 7, 9 says that there was a great multitude, no one could count, from every nation, every tribe, every people and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, and they were wearing white robes. They were dressed for the wedding. And these white robes were made white in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ.
The blood of Jesus at the cross has provided for you your white wedding clothing. And these are the clothes that say your sin has been paid for and you have been released from the power of death and evil and you are now fit and proper to live in the kingdom of God and to dine with him at his table. You have had your filthy rags washed white in the blood of the lamb who is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you don't need to worry about not being good enough. Jesus takes care of that. You know, some people, some people really are like the man who refused to put on those white clothes, those wedding clothes, because they think that they're good enough and that they have what it takes. And they think that I, I don't need anything from Jesus. My own clothes are good enough. My own deeds are enough to get me into the kingdom of God. You know, I'll do nice things for others. I'll be a kind and sympathetic person. I'll give to charity. I'll be a volunteer in my community. I'll help run the local sports club or I'll share my things with others. Some people are like the, the man who refused to put on the wedding clothes by saying, you know, I'm gonna do my own spiritual things. I'll pray. You know, I've got crystals, Tibetan prayer flags. I've got positive affirmations, I've got good intentions, I've got all of the philosophy of mankind, I've got ideas from top thinkers, I've got TED Talks, whatever it is. You know, I'll take the best of all world religions and I'll make it my own. That's my path to enlightenment. If we think like this, we think that we can come to God on our own terms, not his. We forget that Jesus is at the centre not us. You know, he's the king and it's his rules. The Bible is clear. Jesus is the way into the kingdom of God. He is the only truth. He is the life you need and he is the life you want. He alone has the clothes you need to be at the wedding. Will you put them on? Like, will you really put them on? Don't just know about the clothes. Don't just see them hanging there in other people's wardrobes. Will you put on the clothes that Jesus Christ gives you? For those of us here this afternoon who have already responded to the invitation, do you know, the King sends you out as servants and he sends you out to the ends of the roads. He tells you, go and find the people who have nothing because they'll respond to the invitation to come to the king. Let me just finish with verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. Chosen could also be translated as elect. Chosen, elect. Uh, if you were to look up every scripture in the New Testament that used that word, it, it's basically, you'll see, it's a pretty much just a shorthand way of referring to God's true saved people, the church, those who are in his kingdom. You know, God loves all people. God loves all of his creation, but his special chosen people, the elect, are the ones who have received salvation and are living in the kingdom of God. 
Many are invited into God's kingdom, people from the ends of the roads and the ends of the earth, but few accept that invitation. Few accept that they need to be clothed in Jesus. Many think that they, they, they're saved, but they wanna to come to God on their own terms, in their own ways. It is only the ones who accept the invitation and receive Jesus who are known as God's chosen special people. And the ones who do not, well, they're thrown outside of God's kingdom. Verse 13, then the king said to his aides, bind the hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. <coughs> now outside of God's kingdom, uh, it's a place where evil and darkness and regret and envy rule unchecked. It's where those who refuse the invitation and refuse Jesus will spend eternity. It's a place of darkness where people weep and grind their teeth. And as I said, this is a prophecy parable. Jesus is giving us a snapshot into the kingdom of God, how it works and what the future holds. And Jesus here is warning us that a similar fate awaits anyone who tries to enter his kingdom without the proper wedding clothes. And to me, this sounds like a terrible, hellish way to spend eternity. Don't refuse the invitation to dine and fellowship together at God's table. Otherwise, you risk making up your own version of life in the kingdom. You risk getting kind of weird and obscure in your practice of faith. And, and you miss out on being a blessing to your brothers and sisters in Christ. And you, you miss out on the blessing that they can be to you. Church, let's, let's truly listen to the king when he says, go to the ends of the roads and bring in all people, the good and the bad. There are those in our society who are too busy and too proud and too preoccupied to respond to the gospel. Leave them, go to those who will respond. Just as the, the worship team comes, I'll just leave you with this question. Is Jesus at your center? Is Jesus at your center? Don't be too busy to respond to God's invitation to salvation. Don't be too busy to respond to his invitation to fellowship together as the church. You are invited, everyone. Don't try to come to God on your own terms. You can't make up your own version of salvation. You can't make up your own true way to God. There is only one way, and that way is Jesus. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Let's just close our eyes, bow our heads, and we're gonna pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we confess that, that you are at the center of it all. We know that sometimes we forget that and we, we try to do things our own way. But our heart is that you would be 
our, our greatest desire and the biggest part and the biggest person in our life. We want to honour you as, as King and, and we respond to your invitation to come. We, we want to dine with you at your table. That is the thing that we hold more precious and more dear than anything else that this world offers. So we thank you, Jesus, that you have given us those wedding clothes, that we don't need to come with shame or a sense of um, not feeling worthy, but that we know that we can put on the clothing and the righteousness of Jesus Christ and that we are free to sit and to fellowship and to dine in friendship with you, our heavenly Father, our creator, our King, our Lord. And I just wonder if there are people here this afternoon and you haven't yet responded to that invitation. You haven't yet responded to that invitation. You know, don't, don't leave here today without responding to that invitation. Don't leave here today thinking that you're gonna do it one day. You know, Jesus is calling you today. The banquet is ready for you to eat at today. So I just encourage you during this next song, just open yourself up to Jesus. Place him at the center of your life. And perhaps there are some of us here today who You have made Jesus your Lord, but sometimes stuff seems to be getting in the way. Maybe this is an opportunity for you just to reconnect and recommit yourself to him and to let him know that his invitation is truly the most important thing in your life.